Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So before we get started today, I want to go ahead and remind everyone to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening to podcasts. It helps go into the algorithm so more people get to hear the word of God. So I know that Christmas has just recently passed and that it's been a few days. And I wanted to take time to reflect on something very important I saw with uh, Cliff over Grace Community Church and I wanted to share it with you guys. So before... You guys finish off the eggnog, whether it's hard eggnog or, you know, virgin eggnog. Or before we put the Christmas tree away, the lights and everything else. I thought we'd go ahead and reflect on this because Cliff makes a really good point. He's going to be talking about in this episode about unconditional love. It's kind of short, sweet to the point, but I think he makes an excellent point here. So let's kick back in the armchair in front of the fireplace. Thank you, worship team. Blessed Christmas to you and your precious families. Christmas, what's it all about? What on earth are we all doing here? It's all about, first of all, God loves you. With the greatest love in the universe, have you experienced his love? And secondly, it's all about humility. Humility. A proper view of reality. And understanding that God is God, that God is generous, and that God has given you and me innate, intrinsic value. He's created us in his image, and he loves us so much that he sent his only son at Christmas time through a miraculous virgin birth that occurred at one spot, and then there was nine months of very natural gestation and growth of that little egg. And then Jesus was born. And we celebrate his birth. Why? Because it's God stepping into space and time. It's God becoming a human being. And if there's anything that values, that validates the value of human life, it's Christmas. Because it's God becoming a human being. And that is an incredible statement regarding the value of human life. So there are two things that Christmas highlights. And that's, first of all, the love of Almighty God for you. Have you responded to his love? And secondly, it's the humility of God as he limits himself and becomes a human being, swimming around in amniotic fluid, a little baby. You talk about vulnerable. You talk about weak. He experienced it. And that's why he is such an approachable God, such a personal God, for he's not an it. He's not a force. He's a personal God who loves you and who humbled himself and became a human being. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And when you and I spiritually connect with Christ, we are connecting with the God who loves us, and that love changes us and transforms us. That's what we mean when we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We mean he loves us and we respond to him in love. And you and I live in a culture that says, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Now, that ain't love. That's reactionary self-interest. And you and I live in a culture that says, I'll scratch your back, then you'll be more likely to scratch my back. And that is civilized self-interest. The love of God, the love of Christ is radically different. The love of God, the love of Christ is, I'll scratch your back without expecting anything back. 
And that is selfless, sacrificial love. But then there's a fourth type of love. It's a love that says, I'll scratch your back even though you stab me in the back. And that is enemy love. And Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for the person who persecutes you. Bless the person who betrays you. Help the person who hurts you. You know, the one who gossiped about you, the one who slandered you, you know, the one who cheated you, who stole from you, who lied about you and destroyed your reputation. Love your enemy. Love all people. Why? Because love, friends, is not a biochemical reaction. Love comes from outside this world. It comes from God, who is a loving being, who throughout eternity has loved. Father loved Son. Son loved Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit loved Father. You can't love in isolation. And you and I live lives on this earth where we are hampered by sin, and because of sin, it is hard to love because of motives, twisted motives, because of wrong ambitions. And yet Jesus comes to this earth, born as a baby, and loves and loves and loves and sacrifices his life. And he forgives those who betray him. And he forgives those who deny him, like the apostle Peter. And his earthly father was a man named Joseph. And Joseph was a very decent guy, like almost everybody in here tonight. Very decent, like you. And when Joseph found out that his fiancée was pregnant, because he was a righteous man, he was going to divorce her quietly, not expose her to public humiliation or shame. But then God said to him, no, Joseph, this is a miracle that I performed in your fiancée's womb. And you are to marry her. And you're to protect her. And you're to take up her cause. You are to love her with an unconditional love. And the amazing fact is that a very decent guy named Joseph suddenly got it. There is something more to life than me being decent. There is this supernatural love of God that comes from outside of the world. There's a divine intervention that is taking place here. And I want to connect with God's Holy Spirit. I want to connect with God. And he obeyed God. He yielded to God. And he took Mary home. He married her. And they brought Jesus into the world. Tremendous statement. Not of, I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back. Not a statement of, I'll scratch your back, and then the odds are you'll scratch my back somewhere down the road so it'll benefit me. No, that's self-interest. Rather, a tremendous, I'll scratch your back regardless of whether you scratch my back or not, and I'll scratch your back even if you stab me in the back. You see, that's God love. That's a love from outside of this world. And if you think about it, it makes a great deal of sense. What do you think about the man who says to his fiancée, if, if you're a good person, then I will assure you of my love and my acceptance of you. That's insulting. That is degrading. That is turning a woman into a slave. What do you think about the guy who says to his fiancée, Regardless of what you do, I accept you and I assure you of my love. 
we say, well, that's good. All right, now think about your view of God. Does God say good boys and good girls go to heaven? So be good? Yeah. Good luck being God's slave. Or does God say, I love you, I initiated, I became a human being, I'm coming after you, I love you, I've come to rescue you. And now, when you respond to Christ's love, you want to please him. Because you understand he's not insulting you, he's not enslaving you, he is freeing you. And when you freely choose to surrender your life to him, you're surprised by joy. So the first point of Christmas is the love of God revealed in Christ. And the second point is humility, tremendous humility. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, not the Big Apple, not LA, not Hollywood, not Vegas, Dallas, or Miami. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. What are you doing, God? When you become a human being, you're born in a podunk town called Bethlehem? And guess what? You weren't born to Taylor Swift, were you? You were born to Mary. You weren't born with an earthly father, who's your adoptive father, who's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Instead, he's Joseph, a carpenter. What are you doing, God? Don't you understand Facebook and Instagram? Don't you understand selfies? Don't you understand popularity and important people and famous people? Don't you understand any of that, God? Don't you understand that, Jesus? And the clear answer is, yes, I understand it. And when I become a human being, I'm not born to presidents or prime ministers. I'm born to peasants. And the Sermon on the Mount begins with Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And to be poor in spirit means that I understand I'm in desperate need of God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his presence in my life. You see, what is so offensive for many of us about Jesus is he claims to be deity. He claims to be God in human form. In light of the fact that so many of us are offended deeply by that exclusive claim to be the unique eternal God in human form, then what is so credible and so convincing about Jesus? Well, it's his meekness, it's his lowliness. And all of a sudden you begin to realize this Jesus is God stepping into space and time. He has supreme authority, but he's supremely humble. He has supreme authority, but he is supremely humble, and I find that irresistible. And thousands and millions of people over the past 2,000 years have found that combination of his authority and his meekness and his humility credible and convincing, and that is why they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Humility is based on an accurate view of reality. God is God. God is generous. God has given you value and me value, and he's given us gifts, and he's put us here for a purpose, to use those gifts to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it makes sense. When you begin to look at your life, you begin to realize, yes, indeed, life is all about relationships. Am I going to manipulate people? Am I going to use the power that I have to squeeze out of people what I want, or am I not? 
Now, believe it or not, the Connectly family is not a perfect family. And part of the reason that I feel so comfortable sharing that with you all is because your family is not perfect either. And you know what I find ironic? What I find ironic is how many people say, ooh, Cliff, don't use the word sin. I don't like that word sin. Well, I don't like that word sin either. In fact, I don't like what's going on in Gaza right now. And I don't like what's going on in Ukraine right now. And I don't like the fact that my buddies who are on the police forces in different towns say to me, Cliff, when I get a call informing me of domestic violence and I got to go to that home, I am more scared about that trip than any other trip I take. Because I know that when a man and a woman are in a fight and they've had expectations that you are to bring me joy and you're to bring me fulfillment and you're not doing a very good job and I'm angry with you, that's a scary trip for me as a police officer because I don't know what they're going to do to me when I knock on that door. So I don't like the word sin. And yet, unfortunately, it's a totally accurate definition of what our problem really is. You see, if you're going to solve a problem, you better analyze the problem accurately. And what James writes in James chapter 4, verse 1 is, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you. Oh my goodness, he's been reading my mail my life. What do fights and quarrels come from? In your home, in my home, in Gaza, in Ukraine, in the bedroom, in the boardroom. What causes fights and quarrels in the nuclear family? What causes nuclear war? I want something and I'm not getting it. I'm being blocked. And because you or circumstances are blocking me, I'm going to fight, and I'm going to get angry, and I'm going to quarrel. Now, what does humility do? Humility says, wait a second. What am I doing to my family? What am I doing to my marriage? What am I doing to my church? What am I doing to my team, to my business? I have these desires. I had better learn to humble myself and not be so committed to my desires that I run over people and covet and kill them in the process. And James writes in James chapter 4, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Ooh, there's another dirty word just like sin. Submit. I don't submit. Really? Cliff, when you had your hernia operation, you submitted to an anesthesiologist. And you let that anesthesiologist put you totally out of control as he put you asleep. And if I'm going to look a doctor in the face who says, Cliff, it's cancer, and say, no, it's not. If I'm not going to submit to a well-trained doctor, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. And if I'm not going to learn to submit to God, and yield to God, and ask him for forgiveness, and ask him to change my heart, to change my desires, to grow within me self-control, then I am going to be a hurting pup. So Christmas is all about love, and it's all about humility. The humility of God, that he would become a little baby, would come on a rescue mission to lay his life down, not, I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back, not, I'll scratch your back because maybe then the percentages will rise of you scratching my back somewhere down the road. No, 
I'll scratch your back even if you don't scratch my back, and I'll scratch your back even if you stab me in the back. And they stabbed him a lot. And he bled and died on a cross, this Jesus, to give you eternal life. Which means you better find a community of people who love Christ and who love you. Because to get to know him is not real easy. It's a challenge. It's difficult. And faith is hard because there are a lot of doubts and a lot of questions and a lot of cynicism and a lot of skepticism. And that's why we need each other to love God and to learn what that means and to love each other and to learn to not fight and quarrel and covet, to learn to control our desires in our marriages, in our families, in such a way that we can humbly produce peace. Christmas Eve, Paul walked out of his office. He was about to get into his car when he saw a little street kid admiring his car. And Paul looked at the little street kid and said, yeah, my brother gave it to me as a Christmas present. And the little street kid said, gosh, you gotta be kidding me. You didn't pay anything for this car? It's beautiful. I wish, and then he hesitated. And Paul surmised, yeah, I bet I know exactly what you wish. You wish you had a brother like that who could give you a car free of charge. But then what the little street kid said went down to his core of Paul. As the little street kid said, I wish that I could be a brother like that. Without hesitation, Paul said, get in the car. I'm going to take you for a ride. Little kid hopped into the car and Paul drove off, showed him the Christmas windows. And son of the little kid says, could we drive by my house in my neighborhood? And Paul said, yeah, sure, I think I understand what's going on here. You want to show off to your neighbors that you can ride in a flashy new car. Well, they got close to the place where the little kid lived. And suddenly the little kid says, would you please stop here? I need to go get somebody. So Paul stops and the little kid runs into this little tenement falling apart. He returns more slowly and he's carrying his little brother, a crippled kid. And he takes the little kid and he puts it, him down on a step and in his sand sits next to his little brother and he says, buddy, one day I'm going to get a car like that for you so that you can drive around on Christmas Eve and see all the Christmas windows. And Paul said uh, with a big thing growing in his throat, uh, come on, let's get in. I'm going to drive you around. And Paul began to understand what real love is. He began to understand what Jesus meant when he said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. He began to understand what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. All right, Cliff, it's time for you to get a little more practical with me. I'm not Paul. I don't drive a flashy car, and I don't give street kids a ride in them. I understand then let me tell you about a precious woman who's been a part of this community of faith for years. Last Tuesday, her mother passed away, and there was a lot of tension between her and her mom. But her mom came to faith in Christ, and this young woman came to faith in Christ, and she sat for three weeks beside her mother's bed, the past three weeks, and they reconciled. They made up for the years of tension misunderstanding and hurt that went on. And I can promise you, friends, that reconciliation is sweet, really sweet. 
Now, what is life all about? Getting your way, getting my way, or living together in love and in peace with family, with friends, with people in a church community of faith, on the job, on the ball team? What's it all about? Christmas is a clear statement. God says it's all about loving God and loving people. And if you don't know how to love, you don't know much. But I know you do know how to love because you're a human being created in the image of God. The problem is distractions take over and we get confused and priorities get mixed up. But remember this Christmas, God became a human being. God loves you with an unconditional love and God humbled himself. Now let go of the image making. Let go of the primping in front of the mirror. Let go of the selfie. Let go of the self-absorption. Let go of trying to get all of your desires met and begin to understand life is all about loving God and loving people and using the gifts and talents he has blessed you with to serve him by serving others. And that, my friends, is what Christmas is all about. Let's bow and pray together. Father, we bow before you, praising you and thanking you. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Lord, we experience that joy when we trust in you, but some of us are really hurting right now because we've lost loved ones. And we pray for Jeanette and we pray for David after losing mom and dad that you would comfort them and build them up. Father, we pray that your love, your presence would be very real to the Verklin and Chen families and that you would comfort them. And then, Lord, there's some others of us here right now who shouldn't be here in a sense. This is weird. This is different. That we're in a community of faith in Christ talking and thinking about you. And yet we're here, Lord. We're not sure why, but we're hurting the rug's been ripped out from underneath our feet. And we're beginning to understand we need you. Others of us, Lord, are so successful, we don't know what need is. But we be, if we begin to think, we begin to understand how desperately we do need you if life is to have any ultimate meaning at all. Wake us up, Lord. Draw us to yourself. Convict us. We want to humble ourselves before you and learn what it means to love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And now, Lord Jesus, we give our tithes, our gifts, our offerings to be used to build your kingdom, your church, so that your will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. Before we finish off this episode today, I want to go ahead and remind everyone to like and subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you may be listening to podcasts, it goes to help getting out in the algorithm, people hearing the word of God. I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Cliff Connectly and Unconditional Love. I hope it furthered your understanding of Jesus Christ and your relationship has been deepened by his sermon. So, until next time, we meet again. May God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.